on this week's program, has 2021 delivered a strong year for gaming? What's on the way for both first and third party publishers? And which console maker will look best by the end of this year? All this and more with our fall video game preview as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. I thought we'd go ahead and get a chance to preview the fall video game season because it is now upon us. The rest of 2021 for video games is here. And I thought, who better to talk to on video games than a man who showcases it on his hat and did such a wonderful job for us at E3 2021 as being part of that coverage there. Couldn't help but notice how great a job he did. So I thought I'd, I'd just looking for the right opportunity to bring him back on. And the fall video game preview seemed like the most opportune time. And here today, to go ahead and be part of that is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out on Twitch at TG Lord Shamrock. That's all one word, TG Lord Shamrock. He's got a ton of video games that he loves to do. In fact, one of my daughter's favorite one of my my youngest daughter's favorite game roblox and that environment he loves to go ahead and stream games from there it is sean shamrock and sean thanks for coming back on the program one more time well thank you very much i must also admit i am a, to your daughter i am a little bit new to roblox i just got into it um it's like a, a a new thing for me and i'm blown away by how massive this game's gotten <laughs> people I'm underestimate it They've been underestimating it for years. I, I did a show on it, an episode on it, like two years ago, and it is our highest rated episode ever. And I don't think it's a coincidence because that was a major part of that episode mm-hmm. where we kind of detailed at that time just the kind of behemoth it, it was at that time. And it's gotten only even larger. And I'll tell you what, it's a world and a universe unto itself. There are actually games yeah. built in within the games. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's almost like a mini Steam, like it's like it's like it's becoming its own store, like web front platform for like upcoming developers as well. So there's like so many different things you can do with it. It's amazing. Let me ask you this: compare to me the universes of say Roblox, and mm-hmm. I know I'm getting a little bit off tangent, so I apologize, everyone. To something just as thought of as just as large, and that is Minecraft. So I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, when you go, if you're like you said, you're, you're brand new or you're somewhat brand new to Roblox, yeah. what do you think if somebody steps brand new into Minecraft, would they find a similar vast and wide experience? I don't necessarily think so. I think um, they kind of, I mean, depending on what you're looking to get out of it, I think uh, Minecraft is definitely, well, it's hard to say. I say Minecraft is geared, I feel like, more towards like, the creators as you know people who wanted to create that world and a lot of people are from what i've experienced with minecraft it's definitely more and uh where i would say the opposite for uh roblox is where it, while it does welcome the creators i feel like it's a better for newbies especially for someone who's new or like a younger one who's really kind of looking to get it it's kind of because it is so vast in comparison to minecraft i think that uh it's the better of the two to get into. Just a personal opinion. Well, there you go. There you go. Indeed, the words right there from Mr. Sean Shamrock. Again, his great Twitch channel is TG Lord Shamrock. Twitch TV, TG Lord Shamrock. It's right there for you. There's a ton of videos, a ton of gaming videos right there for you. You got to go ahead and check it out. But we're here to talk the fall video game season in 2021. And 2021 and this year for me, well, because Hitman 3 started off the year as such a great success story. I really think that when it comes to the best of 2021, people should not forget that video game. And then for me, another great highlight was Resident Evil Village. And then, of course, mm-hmm. da, 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 Mass Effect. All right, the Legendary Edition. I love it immensely. As you can see, I've got Mass Effect all over the place. And this was a great 
to me, it was just an awesome. Even Mass Effect, which has aged, is still represented quite well with this remaster. I want to hear your thoughts on 2021 so far leading into the fall. How has it been for you as a gamer? As a gamer, 2021 for me has been a little bit, this has been for, I feel like it's been a weaker year. And I kind of actually just was having this discussion with a friend of mine uh, about it. I, I only feel that because we're in that, what do you call that? Like a transitionary period where we're going from one generation to the next. So it's kind of like, while some of the last of the best games are coming to like the PS4 and Xbox One, I feel like we're still kind of waiting for those big games to take off on the PS5. Like, you know, next year, like they're saying, potentially the new God of War, the new Horizon game, just those two, for example, because, you know, those are going to be massive. Or it it doesn't really apply to Nintendo, but like Breath of the Wild, the next Breath of the Wild, because they're they're still going to be pushing their same platform anyway. But uh, 2021 overall, I feel, hasn't been the strongest year. And when you were just talking about Mass Effect, that's one of like the few games that's kind of maybe in the running for Game of the Year. And, we and it's don't a remaster. A of, yeah. And we don't have a lot of strong contenders for, I mean, I personally feel like this year, like Resident Evil Village, not the best game, but it was good. Returnal, potential Game of the Year nominee. And kind of like blanking on what else is even so but Hitman 3, I really Hitman enjoyed 3, yes thought that was really a great experience haven't played it yet but i love the hitman series but tell you i mean i can understand your your apprehension because one of the criticisms of this latest generation of the playstation 5 and the xbox series is that it does not have a plethora of exclusive games for it the library in the case of xbox is pretty bare and in the case of playstation 5 it's not much higher i mean the new ratchet and clank game came out and like you said returnal they both had strong reviews, and, but after that, there's not a whole lot behind it that people are really getting into outside of the games that were meant for a regular audience, like a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It's Like you said, we're at a transitional phase. It's so hard for these manufacturers and these publishers to wean themselves off the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One because then you're losing, what, an estimated $150 million console database that you can reference off of and you're supposed to go ahead and make something for the next generation it's very hard to leave the old one right now absolutely it absolutely is and you know this is also history just kind of repeats itself in that situation because if you look at the previous like transitional periods where we had 2000 you know 2013 was the last uh console generation launch which you know of course at that time it was bad all around because we had uh, we had the Wii U as a thing that was really kind of uh, so that was already really bad for gamers to begin exactly. with. Exactly. But yeah, if you look at the pivot there, it's just the things kind of you know, 2014 wasn't really the strongest launch year, for, or wasn't the strongest year for like PS4 content because it was a lot of what you're seeing now happening with the PS5, a lot of the remasters and the uh, the ports of other games to build that library. But the only difference here is PS5 already has that backwards compatibility. So is, you know, and Xbox, they both have that now as uh so it's like, is that even needed to even be re-releasing all of those? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. And it's something that I think a lot of people have to go ahead and be patient with. I understand 2020 was a tough year as far as bringing out new games, but With the pandemic, uh, unfortunately, that's still out there. One of the benefits or one of the only industries to benefit is the gaming industry because the fact everybody's home more often. What do they want to do? They want to either watch TV and streaming or they want to go ahead and play video games. So if you have something that is coming out, you're probably going to have more eyes on it than at any point in time in the past decade. So I ask you this, heading into the 2021 releases, I mean, what big releases from Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox should gamers look out for? I mean, I've got a ton of games I've got listed and the release dates, but I want to ask you before we head into a, I guess, the major releases list that I've got here, what are some of the games that you're looking at from each party? Or is PC going to be a factor? Because PC gaming is certainly on the up at this point in time. 
I love my PC. Number one, I I am huge into P. I not necessarily. I don't want to say I'm a huge PC gamer, but I just love the concept because I uh, for me, PC gaming is one of the cheapest ways to get into gaming because I feel they always have the best sales. You know, Steam has amazing sales. Epic is always giving away something for free. You have Humble Bundle. You have all these amazing services that are and if if you Amazon Prime, you have free games each month. It's an easy way to build a great gaming library on PC, but not to get off tangent there, but to answer your question about some of the things I feel that are, are going to be big games for, I would say Dying Light 2 is going to probably be one of the, the biggest games to come out later this year. I think right around the corner, Deathloop could be hit or miss. That one I'm looking forward to. I have uh, kind of been like, I was a little hesitant at first because the idea sounded really stupid to me at first. But then the more I'm, I, the more I was learning about it and like the mechanics of learning new things each time you die and how that helps you progress, I started freaking loving it. Uh, Metroid Dread, yeah, it's gonna get people hyped for uh, Metroid Prime Four. I say Back for Blood is another one that I think I, I just did participate in that beta and that was actually. As did I, and I have some thoughts on that one, but we'll hit that up here in a yeah, little bit. It yeah. wasn't the best, but it wasn't the, uh, but I think, you know, people are going to enjoy it. And uh, I think one that's going to fly under the radar and I wish would get more attention would be like the a Fatal Frame Black Maiden that was originally a Wii U exclusive back in 2015. That's getting a re-release for uh, all the consoles now. And it wasn't the best in the Fatal Frame series, but I think it did help reinvigorate it a little bit. I can get into that more later, but <laughs> I have rants about that. But <laughs> absolutely, no, yeah, please. I want it because I want to hear your thoughts on that as that comes out. Yeah, October twenty eighth, right now. Yeah, okay. I thought it was October, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It comes in that frame where there's a ton of games, major AAA releases, as we see every year that are released right into that yes. late October, November time frame. So a game like Fatal Frame, made in the Black Water, that could be something that flies under the radar but has that kind of okay i don't want the triple a game i want to look for something mm-hmm. a little bit niche that could fill a niche right there for everybody out there if they're interested especially if they're familiar with the fatal frame series but yeah. getting but getting into this fall my friend and i'm going to start off in september the major release of september is death loop and death loop yeah. depending for me on the trailer and all the footage that i see I go back and forth on it. I really liked it at first. That was then me. I didn't like it at second. Then I liked it on third. Then I didn't like it at fourth. Right now, I'm really on the fence on it. It's it's kind of a assassin game, like we're feeling. For this from the folks from, who made Dishonored, that also goes, if you don't do it correctly, goes into a time loop where it starts all over again. And it starts all over again. It starts all over again until you get what you need done right or execute the individuals in the correct fashion. So I want to hear your thoughts on Deathloop. Deathloop is being presented as a AAA game. It's being released by Bethesda as a release that's being sent out to PC and PlayStation and Xbox. Could be one of the last Bethesda releases on a multi-platform for quite some time. We could be only seeing PC and Xbox because Microsoft now owns it. But your thoughts as a whole on Deathloop? I kind of did mention this a little bit, uh, just a little bit ago, because uh, it was one of the games I was looking forward to. Initially, where you like said you had that initial thought where you're like, it looks interesting, but it's kind of like, nah. For me, it was the opposite at first. It was like, it looked really bad. And I'm like, this looks like this is going to be a flop. But the more I started seeing about it, then I'm like, oh, this actually sounds kind of cool. And, uh, but I am kind of worried though, because this type of game really is the one where it's like like the part we were just talking about where you know you do have to go into that time loop i'm just my gray area here and my area of concern is more like how how much of this is like avoid like not avoidable for lack of better term but i'm hoping it's an experience where there's a benefit to keep going through this time loop. I know you're supposed to like learn new information as you go each time. And that's supposed to help you, you know, progress through the game and things of that sort. But my main hope is that, you know, as you were saying, like getting the assassins and everything in the right order, things like that. I hope it's just not a pain in the rear end to have to 
get it to the point where, all right, I've done this 20 times now. This is the order this is supposed to go in. This is how this is supposed to be. And it's just monotonous. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, this is something that Arcane Studios, again, the makers of the great games Dishonored and whatnot, looks like they're trying to go ahead and create a new series. I'm not sure if it's going to connect well with audiences. It is coming in a time frame where the only really big competition that I can see is going to come from maybe the the well NBA 2K22 that comes out in September right around that same time frame that may take some money away but other than that I don't see a whole lot of new competition that's a triple A status right around that time so it could get that interest I mean every now and then there's that September time frame where there's this one or two titles that does connect with an audience I know Tomb Raider usually targets September be- release because it has that almost open time frame, but you know, again, I'm like you, I'm on the fence on if this will actually end up being a success. I feel like it may low key start like it, during awards it's coming out right in time for like award season. So it might kind of just get like a couple cool, like narrative, maybe awards or something, but it, it, I don't know if it's going to be like something massive, like, you know, where like people who first looked at control and thought, Eh, maybe this isn't and then that ended up being really you know or is it going to be like you know where we're so hyped for it like it's a cyberpunk thing and then you're like oh <laughs> yeah don't remind me of that but yes it is a uh, death loop that's coming out september 14th big on america hey guys this is jason dutch with dig on america podcast and i'm here with big hops and i'm also here with Mikey Famine. Dig on America here. We explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Dig on America. The other major release of the month, again, outside of NBA, everybody knows that's going to be a big release. Everybody looks forward to until they see the microtransactions, but that's another story in and of itself, is Amazon. I don't want to say it's their final attempt at a large game, but it is an attempt at a large game for them. Maybe the third time's a charm. We'll have to wait and see, but I want to hear your thoughts real quick on this massively multiplayer online role-playing game and I want to know if whether or not that, you know, is there a chance out there that New World can become a hit in the PC gaming world? I completely forgot about New World until you just mentioned it. To there be you go. That tells honest. me my answer. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> when Diablo 2 Resurrected coming around that same time frame is getting more traction than it. And that's, a, again, a remake of a remake. A, yeah. And Pokemon Unite is an Android game that's getting more pub than it. Yeah. And Pokemon Nino New, and, and Nino Kuni Two is coming out at that point in time, and it's it's it. These games that are coming out, they're getting more pub than New World, and that to me is a problem. Yeah, that's because I briefly remember because it's not been talked about a lot, even yeah. like that's not getting a lot of coverage on a lot of uh, anywhere. You're not like YouTubers aren't really talking about it. You know, the like the big gaming sites, you know, you're not seeing it on The Verge or, you know, you're not seeing it on uh, IGN. You know, it's not getting a lot of, uh, you have to like really look for be Google searching it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's going to be something I think that, uh, I don't know, if, if this one fails, I think Amazon may bail out of gaming entirely, which would be a shame with the amount of resources that they have. But it would be the second large entity in, in, in what successive years after Google has bailed out for the most part of its gaming library and gaming yeah. ambitions. I'm so well, Luna, the, even their subscription service, Luna, Amazon Luna is, it's just not right now. There's, there's really nothing drawing gamers into that service. Yeah. On paper, it's a great service. Same with Stadia. I and mean, that's another rant, but that's like, uh, you know, Stadia is a potentially great service. It's just right now. There's just, I don't, because they're not gaming companies, they're not gaming studios. I don't know if they don't know what they're doing, or they just, they just didn't offer enough incentives for people to just jump over. I think that's mm-hmm. that to me is the, is probably the reason why out of the traditional and standard Steam 
Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. It just didn't seem to me like they offered the consumer enough reasons to come over to their platform. But even if you look at their, like, if you look at, like, you know, like Stadia, when they had their, their exclusives or lack of, they had, like, basically, uh, a, it wasn't moving out, but it was, like, a moving out type game. Like, it was similar in style to moving out. I don't even remember what theirs was called, but that uh, was a, a Stadia exclusive. There was, like, this cool little, like, indie horror-ish game that was exclusive, but it feels like it's, like, you're getting, like, people in, like, a corporate office and who have, you know never really heard of gaming and then you're just like saying here here's money make a game come up with something exactly and that's kind of the <laughs> that's how they're treating it so it doesn't feel so like yeah no incentive for gamers to go over there if only they had us in the boardroom instead how about that right yeah like do this don't do that the gamers don't want this right now they don't they don't don't be ea <laughs> yeah. exactly but we'll talk about ea game here in a bit but in on october 8th just a week after FIFA releases, because FIFA releases October 1st. And you and I both know that's a huge game and mm-hmm. there's a huge ecosystem with it. Some of it's legal, some of it's not so legal, but that's another story for another day that I touched upon <laughs> last month. But I want to ask your thoughts on this. Metroid Dread releases October 8th. That could be something I hope kickstarts the Metroid IP, an IP that, depending on who you talk to, is either forgotten about or much beloved but it just never seems to be somewhere in between i'm i mean it's kind of forgotten about if you want to be real because basically you ask people who samus is these days and she's like you know she's that character in smash brothers you know that's it's like okay but what game is she from well i don't know she's just in smash and she's got a cool you know But um, I'm hoping it does really kick the Metroid, you know, interest in the Metroid series because it is a great series, especially. And uh, I love the 2D Metroid games. I don't feel like they also get enough love because uh, I mean, I I guess they do in a sense because you know there's that whole term Metroidvania for describing a whole, you know, group of indie games now that kind of have that style. So I should take that back a little bit. But I I feel in you know in general it's like the hype when you're talking about Metroid, it's people one that you know. Talk about what the Switch should eventually have as a Metroid Prime trilogy. Yeah. Let's get this hype train going. So I'm hoping Metroid Dread does exceptionally well because it's a property that, you know, Nintendo could really kind of start doing something with again. And especially when they don't really have like the, they haven't said much about what's going on for 2022 anyway. So get people hyped, get them going, man. And they don't have a whole lot that's coming out in 2021. So that's also of great concern. I mean, outside the Pokemon games, which we'll talk about later Mm -hmm. in November, I mean, this is probably one of their biggest releases. And with a semi-new console coming along the way that they want you to transition to, which is going Mm -hmm. to be $50 more expensive, which is going to get you $720, a little bit larger screen, supposed to be similar to what... You know, obviously, to me, it looks like a larger version of the PlayStation Vita and uses that same type of, uh, you know, technology on the screen, which I'm very happy about because it makes the colors pop. I don't know if anybody's going to transition over it over you know, over to it if they already have the Switch already. I don't think that's going to be the case. But getting new people in, I think Metroid Dread hopefully will be one of those games that draws them in. I hope so, because otherwise all they got this year is really uh, Mario Party. Or the Mario part, and that's not even like a full Mario party. It's just yeah. what was like a, a I don't want to say a remaster, but like a basically kind of like here's some uh, of the, uh, the best of. Yeah, actually, it almost is a rem- remake because they did that on the 3DS. They had like uh, the Mario 100, the 100 best boards, and this is basically yeah. kind of just a rehash of that. <laughs> and, and I said, <laughs> and like, and and like I said, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, the remake which is of a, that. Re- yeah, a remake. Yeah, that's kind of coming out later in November. But I wanted to ask you this just a day before Far Cry 6, which to me is the real first tried and true AAA action game to come out during this time frame. It really sets the pace off unless Call of Duty Vanguard, which is the rumored name at this point in time. So probably when this comes out, they'll announce it officially as Call of Duty mm-hmm. Vanguard. That may come out first, but most likely they're a late October, early November type deal. Far Cry 6, which I've been waiting for so long because I, I'm a big fan of Giancarlo Esposito, 
seeing him as the dictator in this. I'm really psyched up for I, I haven't been this psyched up for a far cry in in quite some time. I'm just I'm my concern here is uh was far far cry far cry five that was the controversial was one of them was controversial that I think it was Recent. four with when they were up in Nepal in the Nepal yeah there was something like really controversial with one of the last far fall I, I'm stumbling over uh it's like no a word. tongue twister far cry for I keep wanting to say fall guys far cry I far fall cry, guys on the mind <laughs> far cry five had where they were with the um the cult here in the states mm-hmm. yeah that was that was with one but i think it's four with the nepali leader and that as far as that that controversial as well although again with giancarlo esposito who is one of the hottest actors on the planet and this game sounds like it's been available or ready to go for almost a year now plus they for some reason they've held it off and delayed it but it is now coming in october i'm expecting big things from it how about you i'm absolutely expecting because uh, again it's another thing where even the controversy aside, you know, that's another series that was kind of a lot of people think as the games progressed, you know, like they say a lot of people say rate three as the, as the best in the series. And uh, from there it was like, people were saying it was going down. I I personally was a fan of two, but I I think, you know, it's, that's another redemption kind of thing. A lot of, uh, a lot of games when they get to this point, if you look at something not exactly related to this, but like the Resident Evil series, that was another thing kind of going down. And then Resident Evil 7 came out and it was instant redemption. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for for with this Far Cry, with this particular game. Everyone I know is, a lot of people I know are very pumped about this. Actually, one of my friends and I, just before I got, we were on PlayStation playing GTA and I was telling them that I was going to be on here tonight. And he's like, He's like, well, far if you're looking for a big game to talk about, Far Cry's the game. So he's pumped for it. Giancarlo Esposito, I, I know I keep going back to him, but yeah. you know, seeing how well he's done with The Mandalorian, The Boys, and now this uh, as Far Cry 6, I'm expecting big things. I saw the the trailer walk through. It's funny because I, that came around the time with that and Horizon Forbidden West and also as well Dying Light 2. They all came around as far as the, the playable videos. And I, I have a. I, I'm going to say that I think Dying Light Two for me looked the best, but yeah. Far Cry wasn't that far behind. Well, Dying Light Two. I mean, we can get into that in a. Later. Oh yeah, that's coming like, in December. <laughs> I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that would probably be it for me. Is Dying Light Two? That just. <laughs> it, it looks really good. But Back for Blood, which we talked about briefly, yeah. that's coming out October 12th. We did both get a chance to play the beta. I was really hyped into it. I looked; It looked good on videos heading into it, but I had a chance to play the beta. And as someone who is a huge fan of L4D2, Left 4 Dead 2, I am kind of disappointed, especially the pedigree of Turtle Rock Studios. It played slower. It played easier as far as the, the actual interface itself. The chaos doesn't seem to be there. And the, the way that you can get discombobulated and disoriented real easily like you can in Left 4 Dead 2. And with the cards that you have to go ahead and do off screen and you have to do that when you go into a safe house and go through all this and all that, I'm like, a game like this, if anyone should know, the guys from Turtle Rock, which a lot of the creators from L4D2 are there, should know people just want to play this game to kill zombies. The more you make it complicated and the less zombies you throw at them at one time, the less they'll want to play it. I had a very similar thought with playing the whole beta. Left 4 Dead is a satisfying experience. This is not. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. 
Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, as, as Terminator. Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd. Ten days later is one of the big guns, and I say that, pun intended, is Battlefield 2042, and that is a game from EA, which, you know, you took a shot at, and it's easy because <laughs> for many years, they were the most hated company in America, but I kind of have some hope when it comes to Battlefield 2042, and I'll tell you why. No, there's no campaign, which I'm kind of disappointed at. Yes, it's it is going to be a multiplayer experience with the standard stuff you see in every Battlefield aerial fives be able to go ground battles and, and so forth but the fact is they created a new mode a sandbox as it were utilizing all the different assets from the past from battlefield including battlefield bad company which i know a lot of people were excited about that to me that mode that sandbox mode is something i'm really looking forward to which could revolutionize the gaming industry well in, in one regard i kind of hope it would be successful for that because if it's as innovative as you know, we're as we're talking about it being a very innovative type of experience, and you want to bring that to other games, where you're talking like you mentioned Assassin's Creed and some of the other games you bring that to, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, you know. So if other people copy it and then improve on the formula, that's just kind of what basically happens in gaming in general. Yes, or in the gaming, so it's always being, but. uh I'm not opposed to this. Sean, thing. you got a great idea. That's so awesome. I'm going to do the same thing for my company. <laughs> I mean, well, yes, it's like that's pretty much what it is. It's like, no, it's not gimmick. It's not copyright infringement. I mean, not copy. It's not gimmick infringement. It's yeah. the button's in a different spot. <laughs> exactly. Ours is a battle royal. Yours is a battle royale. Different letter, different game. There you go. There you go, mm. indeed. But yes. Hopefully, Battlefield 2042 does do well and has a mode that really people will start to get into, but we'll see on October 22nd. Coming a few days later is a game in the Marvel Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. a game that was kind of a surprise announcement. I know that a lot of people are still looking forward to all the different things that are going to be added into the Avengers experience, the Wakanda DLC that's added on, and all the other stuff that's added on to make it hopefully a good experience because it has been much maligned, similar in fashion from what we've seen from Cyberpunk 2077 with Square Enix's Avengers. But Square Enix is back again with Guardians of the Galaxy. Your thoughts on this game? Will it end up being something that people will get behind? Obviously, the Avengers had faced a lot of backlash. And I know this is a completely kind of different experience than that, whereas this this one's more single single player focus they didn't even announce if there's anything multiplayer at all i don't think they're avoiding yes. that uh, but even though it's a different experience you kind of have to look at the history that wasn't well received a lot of the criticism with that you know also was because i guess they couldn't get the licensing for like the characters from the uh the you know the images of the actors and actresses so then the characters they came out with looked like really bad like wish.com like <laughs> exactly the avengers on wish.com <laughs> or i did it on a fiver i got someone yes. on fiver yes five bucks there you go yeah it does not look that healthy and that's another problem i always have with video games especially mm -hmm. avengers where they didn't use the real actors voices and likenesses i really have an issue with that especially for something so popular as the marvel cinematic universe Square Enix has got to, you know, try to fork over the money. We're seeing that now with the What If series. I mean, for the most part, uh, not, not every occasion, but they're able to try in many occasions to get the actual voice actors and use their likenesses, mm -hmm. which makes for a much better experience overall. Yeah, I agree with that. So hopefully that they will finally learn their lesson, but we'll wait and see if Guardians of the Galaxy can be hit like its namesake in the movie industry when it comes out October 26th. We're assuming as well the latest Call of Duty, which has been rumored to be named Vanguard. That's going to be a late October, November release. 
I mean, with the success of Warzone and with Call of Duty doing what it does, and obviously the previous Call of Duty, when they went to Call of Duty Cold War, being a pretty good hit, and they're still making DLC for that. My question to you is, should they still continue this year-in, year-out releases for the Call of Duty standalone games, or should they focus on a extended experience, a games-as-a-service experience, I think is what they call it, Yeah, along with what they already are doing for the highly successful Warzone? I mean, I honestly think at this point, if I'm being honest with you, when it comes to a lot of Call of Duty-type games, it gets harder to distinguish one from the other. Yeah. So I think... But they also, even that aside, they're massive games. Yeah. It's one of the best-selling series of all time. I think it's like number two or three or four on the list of the top-selling franchises for, for video games. But that being said, I would rather it go the route of being, this is our core game. We're going to build upon this each year with some sort of expansion rather than, you know, just presenting it as a new game. Keep that experience kind of building up there. Yeah. You know, pile it on. And I think it would be the more enjoyable experience. I agree with you on that. That universe, it's never going away. No, it's never going away. Indeed, sorry out there for COD haters, but yeah, yeah it's, not, it's never going away. I think once Warzone came out and it achieved the kind of success that it has, I think right there and then, I mean, that's something that Activision can always fall back on if the regular year in year or if they ever decide to go at games of service, meaning upfront paying. If you have to go ahead and pay 60 bucks or 70 bucks for a Call of Duty experience and you're not doing that anymore, they always have what their moneymaker on the side in Call of Duty Warzone helping them out each and every year. So definitely uh, looking forward to seeing what they can pull out of their hat to try and, and make it interesting because I did like the Call of Duty Cold War scenario last year. I thought that was intriguing, especially with the now the double agent DLC added. So I'm interested to see where it goes from here with Call of Duty Vanguard, the reported new name for the upcoming Call of Duty edition. <laughs> It will be free to play, and there'll be microtransactions. <laughs> Absolutely, could I wouldn't expect anything less if that were the case right. from Activision. <laughs> but heading into November, my friend, in November 9th, Forza Horizon Five. Microsoft could have one. Well, Microsoft has one, and could have two big releases during that time frame. And we'll get to the second big release that's going to happen. They haven't announced a date yet. They probably will very soon, or by the time you hear this, because Gamescom is around the corner. Forza Horizon 5 has a release date on November 9. It looks to be expanding the Forza, excuse the pun, Horizon even more. I believe it's uh, based in Mexico from what I saw in the footage in E3. The very interesting aspect of it is during their E3 showcase, I kind of made the comment that Halo Infinite was kind of tossed off to the side. And Forza Horizon 5 got the true spotlight that a lot of people have been hoping for. So I want to hear your thoughts on, is there excitement out there in the universe and gaming for Forza Horizon 5? I always thought Forza's excitement was a lot of sponsored excitement. And I'm not trying to throw shade. I just feel like that's what you just, even like you said, when it was uh, uh, pushing Halo Infinite aside, I mean, you're kind of not wrong if you think about it. Like maybe I'm, I'm going conspiracy theory route here on Forza sponsorship, but because uh, they do, they do. That's that's why you know they reveal that new car when they play the at E3. It's yeah. like, and then they show the, the the trailer. Exactly. I mean, but, and they did show an extended play of it at E3. I was very impressed by the environments that you can do as far as the spontaneity of picking up an actual game. Let's say I'm driving along and you're already in a competition or you're getting ready for competition. I can come along and join pretty much on the fly. And that to me is that seamless kind of environment is something that as an older gamer, I just dreamed about this scenario in the nineties and the early two thousands that those type of things can happen. Where you yeah, it just it just didn't seem it seemed like something that would be out of like a Blade Runner scenario for me. Like it just mm-hmm. it was going to be something that I could dream only dream about. But it, those those scenarios 
are happening, especially with this new technology and the new consoles. So I'm very happy to see what what Forza Horizon will do. And obviously, it's going to be a looker because, as you know, with these new consoles, what do they like to showcase the most when a new console comes out is a driving game because of the fact that we get to see the shiny cars and the way they look and, and the way they drive and it looks like it's realistic. And you've seen this before. Always the best way to push a brand new console is a good-looking driving game. Yeah, 100%. Because they also do that. Uh, they do that to some extent with uh, some sporting games as well. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that. Once again, I'm speaking to Sean Shamrock. You got to go ahead and check out his awesome Twitch channel, TG Lord Shamrock. It is available right now on Twitch. He's got a ton of gaming videos there for you to check out. He plays a ton of games. He's just getting into Roblox or watch him play Fall Guys, Pokemon Unite, Zombies Ate My Neighbors from the way back day. Oh, yeah, my gosh. I, I remember having so much fun that. with that. that you know, it, yeah, absolutely. It's a fun game. I remember it fondly. But you got to go ahead and check out TG Lord Shamrock on Twitch. Speaking of Microsoft and speaking of the other game that's going to come around at, in that time frame, and by the time this airs, I imagine that we'll already have a release date in mind for Halo Infinite. But I know you heard that there were so many people upset with the way it looked, the way it was, you know, there wasn't seemed to be like a huge bump from the predecessors of Halo, and people were really upset about that. And then there was the delay because it was supposed to be a day and date release with the launch of the Xbox Series S and X, and that didn't happen. And they mm-hmm. de- decided to delay it in, in this case, I think over, almost a year. In fact, over a year, most likely. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Halo Infinite did release footage at E3 and then later on released more footage showcasing the technical ability. It looks good. It looks solid. I think I'm ready to go ahead and head back into a Master Chief adventure. But to me, it's all about more of the campaign. And I can't even say, I, I hate to say I'm saying this, but it's not so much the multiplayer anymore. This is someone who played Halo 2 for two years straight, each and every night. And for some reason, I'm just not getting into Halo multiplayer as much as I used to. Uh, I just, I have some apprehensions with it. I don't blame you. So do a lot of I, other people out there. And I just, I don't know if it's because it's been delayed so much that is it, you know, a delay that's like fixing the game and making it better? Or is it a delay that's basically because they keep restarting it or they're, you know, they're just kind of shooing in whatever at this point. I just, I get this weird vibe. I don't know. I, it's, I'm just worried about it. As am I. I just have, I don't know. I can't explain it right now. It's just. I mean, I used to have those days, like I said, each and every night where I experienced Halo on a daily basis, used to love doing CTF, Capture the Flag, and that was just truly a tremendous platform. And and once they got the bugs out, playing the Halo Master Chief Collection was actually an enjoyable experience and a callback to those days. I'm just hoping that there is, with Halo Infinite, that same type of fondness that's there. But like you, I'm not so sure. To me, a lot rides on the campaign and where the Master Chief story goes from there. I I would hope for the same with the campaign in general. I mean, I, I just, I've always been very mixed on Halo. It's a series that I really, there's so much about it I like, but there's so much that just like, I feel like it, this could have been better, and it, I could. I just, it's a rant. If I get into it too much, I'm gonna just go off the deep end. No worries, no worries. But it is Halo Infinite. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games, located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard, or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Before we head on out, I want to talk about a little bit more about some stuff coming up in November and GTA 5, the release for the modern consoles, the now consoles, the Xbox Series and the PlayStation 5, that's being done on November 11th. 
you've you've played GTA like you said constantly. Obviously, GTA Online has been a experience unto itself, and obviously, mm -hmm. anybody who streams out there knows how valuable GTA is. There's also talk about Rockstar maybe releasing, and we'll probably know by the time this airs whether or not they have released or are pending a release on the previous three GTAs, if that will go over. And I think that would be an awesome addition to the library if we could get a revamped version of those. Real quickly, your thoughts on the GTA series. I know we're all waiting for GTA 6, but mm -hmm. as long as they're making a ton of cash on remakes or bump-ups or resolution bump-ups like they are with GTA 5 and a possible GTA 3, really, do they need a GTA 6 to come out anytime soon? They really don't. Honest to God, they really don't. As another thing, like kind of where we talked about Call of Duty going to like this route of doing one big thing and then expanding it. I'm just all for continuing the GTA Online franchise basically as it is. Like for me, I haven't touched story mode on on this GTA on GTA 5. I can tell you what happens in the story at all. I've never touched it. I'm not surprised. You're like many others who are just mm -hmm. it, just enjoying the GTA Online experience because all the custom things you can do, all the things that they've customized at Rockstar for it, and all the crazy things that you can do within that environment, I, I don't blame you a bit because there's just so much to do in GTA Online. It keeps expanding, and they keep bringing updates to it. And, they, you know, I mean, it can be a little glitchy, but uh, that aside, you know, they there's – People say they're milking. They might be milking the franchise, which of course I feel they could be. You know, of course, milking. But while they're milking it, they're making that money and they're still supporting it. So, what do you want, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, really, at that point. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you want a diverse environment that brings you a lot time and time out, or do you want something that's just going to end or not evolve as soon as you buy it or as soon as it gets released. So, I mean, people can't have it both ways. So I'm, I'm really liking what GTA online did. And then any other game that extends its lifespan over the course of years, as we've seen with GTA. So all props to them as GTA five gets released in a new format for the PlayStation five and the Xbox series specifically, it'll be a native to those consoles. And that's coming out the 11th. Also as well, coming out on the 19th, we talked about this a little bit with Nintendo, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl coming mm -hmm. out the 19th just before Black Friday. This is something that my daughter will want, my youngest daughter will want me to get. She got the previous remake that came on the Switch. Absolutely. it's it, Yeah, it might not be something that's fresh and new as far as the Pokemon world is concerned, but people still love these remakes. I do. Uh, this is still going to sell 10 million copies regardless. Yep. It's still going to, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be It can say Pokemon bit... hamburger and fries and still sell 10 million. Well, I mean, well, you just said that and they just announced Pokemon Cafe as well. <laughs> so I'm not even making this up. I don't I don't know what that is yet. I didn't look into it, but that was the name, I think. And uh, I guess it was like a Bejeweled type of a game or something. Not surprised. I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, that's That's what my husband said to me earlier. But uh, with uh, Pokemon, one of the things I'm thinking is, I don't know if people are gonna also. This might underperform because Arceus is right around the corner, yeah. right after that in January. I know it's a little bit more out there, and it's the Pokemon oh. Cafe remix. Just to let you know, okay. <laughs> so I was close, but You're yeah, with, close. with with Arceus basically being a, a mix of like Breath of the Wild and Monster Hunter, it, it's kind of like that might be the game that people go after. And They're going to have to because there's not very much to choose from for Nintendo either. And I think this is going to be a theme that's running throughout. Unless it's a third-party platform game, there's not a whole bunch of first-party platform mm -hmm. games coming out this fall. So we'll see what happens. And that's going to lead me into my last question. But before we head on out, obviously we were holding something for the for last, which is coming out December 7th, and that is Dying Light 2. You and I already have hinted at it. I think that's a game already seen by your reaction. You're excited for it. The original I, Dying Light, I, I thought, was good at the time. It was the, There were some pacing issues, I'm going to be honest with you, in my opinion. But I thought overall it was a good experience. This, to me, and the things you can do, and the Mass Effect style of branching storylines, which one you want to choose, which will take you and go from there, mm -hmm. that, to me, is throwing a lot of new things into the mix 
obviously the parkour and the things that they're adding there, which, which gives me a lot of that mirror's edge vibe. But I am really liking what I'm seeing from Dying Light 2. I am loving what I'm seeing with Dying Light 2. Uh, I I got into Dying Light a little later than everybody else did. But when I played it, it was, uh, for me, the thing that drew me, that whole, we're talking about the Mirror's Edge parkour style. To me, at the time, I hadn't played anything like that in a, in a game involving, you know, zombies. Because the zombie formula is so overdone. And it's, you know, to get a, a good, not only, well, and Dying Light like, didn't really have the best story, no. but um, in general, to get a game that has those different, those new type of elements that make it kind of exciting and that gives something more and kind of has at least a, a cohesive story, yeah. that made it a really, for me, a unique experience. And this is why I'm pumped for Dying Light too. Yes. I, like I said, I'm excited for it too. I know you are, and at true, tell you what, it's going to be something I think that people need to give it a chance. It's in that first week of December type time frame where every year there seems to be one title, whether it's a, a Nintendo game. On that first week of December, that there's a lot, there usually is a, a one title that could make impression and seemingly does. I kind of always wonder about the logistics on that. I'm like, if you're bringing it out on the 7th of December, why not bring it out before the biggest shopping day of, of the year? Just seems to me like a, it's kind of like a backward mentality thinking, but it seems to work in, on some occasions. So I guess as a Christmas present, there'll still be people Christmas shopping. So hopefully you will get that as a Christmas present or even earlier, Dying Light 2 on December 7th. I have a feeling it won't wait under the tree. That's all I'll say. Yeah, when you're under your tree. Yeah, it'll be on my PlayStation already. <laughs> yes, yes, loaded up and ready to rock and roll. But it is Dying Light 2. That's coming out December 7th. So that is our overall picture of some of the major highlights in video games for the rest of this year. But the last thing I wanted to ask you before we head on out, and I truly appreciate you spending all this time with me on this fall video game preview. Sean, I want to ask you this. Which third-party publisher, first off, we'll get to the the main publishers here in a sec but which third-party publisher looks to have the best fall in your opinion oh man uh i really want i just oh well i can't even say bethesda anymore because now they're part of microsoft so i was gonna say depending on how Deathloop did make or break but now bethesda is no longer third party so that was my answer with there was bethesda but I can't think of who else. Um, yeah, I just I I don't think no one's really in a in a, in a owning the year spot. And maybe what depends on Call of Duty and maybe Activision. Okay, I'm gonna say if Battlefield 2042 people are loving that sandbox mode, I'm gonna say EA might have the advantage. But then again, like you said, everybody defaults to Call of Duty and probably mm-hmm. will do so by that time. But with the sports games that'll be out, I think that'll give them a lot of support. Okay. Everybody buys FIFA. FIFA. And then, of course, everybody will, after that will be buying Madden. I remember the days when it was uh, the vice versa and Madden was the big game. Now FIFA is the huge moneymaker for them. And that's great to see because I, you know, I could see this coming all the way back when I was running game stores back in the day in 2007 and 8. You could see the trend moving in that right direction. And now it's been there for quite some time. So I'm going to say EA. I know everybody's favorite company, and I'm just kidding when I say that, is probably going to be, uh, you know, some uh, the company to look out for, especially if Battlefield 2042 hits on all notes. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and ask you about the console makers, Nintendo, yeah. Microsoft, and, of course, Sony with their PlayStation 5. All right. I, I'm still leaning on which one to get to. Availability is still hard and still very difficult and will be through at least the rest of this year. But putting that aside, with all the stuff that they throw at you with Xbox, with its, I'm, yeah. we're doing better than ever before. PlayStation Five with their, we're doing better than ever before. And Nintendo, that well, we're doing well with this one. Then we got an, an upgraded system on the way. What are your thoughts on who will make it out best for the rest of this year? For the rest of this particular year, I still, I'm probably going to say Sony is probably in the best. Well. Initially, it would have been Nintendo, but they really don't have a really big... Uh, Switch is still going to sell well, 
regardless. So they're still they're gonna tar- they're gonna be uh, targeted to surpass probably next year the Wii sales numbers because they're was I was it nine, uh, they're just at eighty five million or something like that or yeah. maybe it was ninety it was somewhere around there and they're not that far behind on passing that Wii. But uh, Sony in general, I think, I think as Black Friday gets closer, we're gonna start seeing a surprise amount of PlayStation Fives become available. I think you know the, I, I think while there is a little bit of a shortage because they're of the situation going on, I think they're also holding out some supply to have that kind of big push to start going towards the 2020, 2022 year where a lot of their big hitters are going to start coming out and where the PS5 is going to kind of start becoming a must-own system rather than uh, it's our first year. Absolutely. But PlayStation has often rested on its laurels, and with the lack of a big tri- AAA first-party release from them this year or for the rest of this year because they pushed back Horizon Forbidden West, I'm going to say it's Xbox, and I'll tell you why. I mean, already they have the best value in gaming in the Xbox mm-hmm. Games Pass, I really think for the money, I think it's just the options of games that you can choose. Plus, every Microsoft first-party game drops first day as a tremendous value on Xbox Games Pass. I think that alone is worth the service on whichever platform you get it for. And these days, they're trying to put it on every platform you get it for, including the new Steam Deck, which looks really sweet and is going to cost a little tidy sum. But that's another story for another day as far as how popular that could be because it's already selling out everywhere. and People are trying to charge thousands for it. But I want to say that I think Microsoft, with two big releases, Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, if Halo Infinite hits big because I think the market is is ripe for a return to Halo – if it's good, if it's good, I think that Microsoft by the end of the year could get a lot of momentum that could carry them forward in this console generation. Or if Halo is mediocre or gets some bad pub, it could definitely work the other way as well. For me, I, I do love Xbox and I do like you know the Microsoft service, but I feel like I feel like Microsoft is is content and happy with uh, also being not necessarily needing to sell the consoles, but needing to sell that service. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll sell it to anywhere. I mean, uh, you know, whatever you can go ahead and play it on, they're not actually worried so much. And that's a good position to have where you're not exactly have to live and die off your console sales, but you can actually just live and die off the subscription sales, similar to what we see from Netflix and Amazon and Disney plus and all that. So on a console standpoint, I would definitely say just, you know, probably Sony. But if you combine that with, you know, like a service thing, then I could see where Xbox, you know, or in this case, Microsoft could definitely have an advantage going in because that's more global and just tied to that console. Well, I'll tell you what, you've been so outstanding on today's show. Once again, as Sean Shamrock, please go ahead and check out his awesome Twitch channel. But before we head on out, Please let the viewers and listeners know out there why they need to check out your Twitch channel, the TG Lord Shamrock channel. Well, I'm a big barrel of fun, really. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's, it's, it's a fun time. It's really a fun time. I like to just have fun with people and really, you know, if you could laugh at my stupid jokes that I make throughout the stream, you know, then I'm happy. That's all I need. Well, there you go, indeed. But check out what he's doing today at TG Lord Shamrock on Twitch. And I'll tell you what, Sean, it's been tremendous breaking down this fall in the video game world with you as in, as part of our fall video game preview. I look forward to doing more things with you in the future as far as podcasting yeah. is concerned. Any last thoughts on the way no, out? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm always reach out. You know, it's always fun to be here. It's always a great atmosphere. So I, again, thank you. I'm so you know, honored to at least be here and have had this this time. It was a great discussion tonight. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. It's always great to have you here, a part of the pop culture cosmos. Thanks so much to staying in tune with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you have any questions for us, Pop Culture Cosmos on all your favorite social media platforms or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC 
Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great